Welcome to Build Your A-Team, a podcast powered by Millspec Talent, where we educate small business owners on how to attract, recruit, and retain high-impact, low-ego talent. I'm your host, Freddie Kim, founder of Millspec Talent. I'm a West Point grad, former Green Beret, Kellogg MBA, but most importantly, I'm passionate about championing the value and leadership of veteran 2.0s in the workforce. I am here today talking to Dave Sisk. He is a former Army engineer officer, uh, did also a year in, uh, in, in Baptist uh, as a in the Baptist ministry, a student student ministry there on your LinkedIn, I see. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then yep. and then went to the reserves and uh, and and pretty much transitioned uh, to work in the natural resources space. You you work for several large companies in product strategy and and also manufacture uh, or, or management consulting. It looks like for PE. Mm-hmm. And then if, now yep. you're currently running as a co-founder of Streamline Innovations, which I'm very excited to learn more about. But Dave, welcome. And uh, yeah, how you, how you doing today? Yeah, thanks. Doing well, man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to speak with me and excited to see what you're doing. And, and um, yeah, just uh, I, love, I love the focus. And I think obviously a lot of you and, and, and what you're trying to do. So appreciate you having me. Thank you. I appreciate that. So Dave, last we spoke, you recently closed on your series c we did amazing congratulations how was that experience um man anytime you're raising money it is like having a second job for (laughs) six months uh (laughs) and so it was um it was a lot of late nights um we were very thankful uh to get the deal done um i guess when you reach a certain level um, you know, in the early stages, it's really about private relationships and connections at the later stages. It's really about the equities markets. And mm. so we went in, in a, in, in a less than ideal time, uh, and had a great outcome. So we were very, very thankful for that. Yeah. So, so just to give us a very quick once over, can you tell us just timeline wise, you know, when you, when you did seed and a B when you raised all of those funds to, to when you closed on C. Yeah. So, uh, company, we started in 2016. Um, and, um, there's a whole kind of backstory there of how that came together here in San Antonio, but, um, we did not go out for anything beyond angel funding until we really had a clear path to a large customer. Um, and so we started, uh, my co-founder, um, brought, uh, some angel funding to us, in the very early days, uh, we were able to actually secure a, a, a strong uh, customer known for innovation, mm. large scale company uh, who believed in what we were trying to do. And then um, once we had field level validation of the product, um, it certainly wasn't fully baked, but we had enough data to to know that what we were doing was was going to work. Um, we, we went out for our our series a, which, um, was $5 million. Um, that was all through private placement and that was early 2017. Got it. Uh, so that was a lot of, you know, family offices, um, kind of high net worth individuals. Um, and we use that to really scale into the product. Um, uh, we at, at one point reached a level where, 
Um, we had moved past the initial commercialization phases of our product mm -hmm. and wanted to scale beyond that first customer. And so we brought in um, our first institutional equity financing in early 2019. Uh, that was actually a process that started in the summer of 18, mm -hmm. um, where we had follow-on investments from several, several of our early investors um, that rolled into an institutional round. Um, so that was 20 million. And we had a little bit of follow-on from that as well. Um, uh, it was pre-wired into the deal. Um, and, and then it, we've just been on a, uh, a growth plan, um, bringing in a, you know, a number of, uh, important customers, uh, you know, large scale, very large scale to, uh, smaller private equity backed companies. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then this round was our largest by far. So we had raised a total of 40 million, um, ahead of the series C. Mm -hmm. So, uh, since inception, uh, and then we raised, uh, 50 million in equity and 25 million in debt. Uh, in this latest round. So wow. it was a big jump up for us. Yeah. And we actually, you know, those prior rounds were either, you know, on the private side with family offices, uh, or then, you know, we went to institutionals, but we didn't use a bank. Um, this round, we actually used a bank. We went through that whole process. Awesome. And, yeah. um, yeah, so yeah. Was, was, uh, was raising debt much easier than equity? Well, you know, it, um, it, it's it, we, it's really complicated when you think about how to scale a business with debt. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, in the early stages, you have to be extremely careful um, with debt. Um, in particular, for us, because it's a patented process, we couldn't find good sources of debt um, uh, because you know folks would say, "Hey, mm -hmm. if you guys cease to exist." Yeah. Um, we can't repurpose your equipment um, for anything else. And so it took a long time. I mean, we were probably looking for debt for um, at least a year, probably longer. Um, and, you know, we had COVID in the middle of all that. So so there was, you know, some complexity with it. But yeah. um, we secured we secured debt financing actually right before our Series C. And then we brought in the equity and then uh, upsized the debt. So. Awesome. Well, well. Needless to say, as you've raised these funds, you've you've obviously had a, a reason for them for the raise, yep. and hence you've uh, invested quite a bit in your team. So that's what we're here to figure out. Uh, but real quickly before that, can you just give us a very quick once over what the Streamline Innovations do? What is your product? Yeah, yeah. So our vision here at Streamline is eliminating emissions through technology, and so we are focused on contaminants found in heavy industry and um, and attacking those in a much more environmentally forward way. And so our core product is around a fairly uh, esoteric uh, contaminant uh, called hydrogen sulfide, um, but it is a, a major um, constituent in um, air emissions, um, not just in the energy space, but uh, industrial space and actually a number of the energy transition markets as well. Uh, renewable natural gas and renewable fuels. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we sort of think about it as running into the gap and uh, helping these, you know, heavy industrial players handle a big problem uh, in a more responsible way. So. Such such a such a, a, a great solution, relevant solution for for now, you know, for these times. Yeah. And, and yeah. timing is everything for startups and you guys are nailing it.
So with yeah. these with these raises, okay, with these raises, um, in since 2016, um, obviously they're they're an achievement of itself to 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 get validation and get people to believe in your in your vision and and raise and give you money. But yeah, since that, what kind of moments were you proudest of? You know, in using that money to build that team, build your capabilities, what were you most proud of? What achievements? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, um, I mean, certainly in the in the world of a startup, I mean, so much is um, out of your control, and so there are so many moments to be really thankful for uh, things that happen along the way. That um, you know, we were we were there with the right solution, we had the right conversations, but. Um, you know, I would say there's so much that uh, we did not control in terms of uh, those outcomes. But, you know, I think for me, actually, I go back to a, a moment probably in 2019, we had built a facility that was 30 times larger than anything else we had built. And I remember it was, you know, 2 a.m. I was standing under the equipment. These are just for some context. These are steel vessels that are 14 feet in diameter and 40 feet tall. So this, mm. you know, huge processing plant. And I just remember talking to my team and, um, you know, these guys are, you know, Hey, you gotta be proud of this, you know? And I, and I said, look, I'm, I'm proud of this and this is a big plant and a big accomplishment, but I'm really more proud of the team that we built here. Um, because it's, there's no question that, um, we could not have done that without, um, several of this, you know, just critical guys that we brought in at the right times, um, uh, to help us get there. So. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about those guys and, and those times. What kind of key hires did you make that just left that notable impact? I, I know you probably yeah. can't cover everyone, but yeah. the ones that you're like, man, this has really, I don't know, changed the course of, you know, the company. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we, um, I, I'm, um, I, I found that just in general, especially in the early stage, a lot of this is about learning as much as you can, as quickly as you can about the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how your product fits in the market. So I actually reached out to, uh, a training, um, one of the, one of the training companies within the industry, the energy industry. And I called and I said, look, I, I can't afford your courses. They're way too expensive for us. <laughs> um, but I need somebody who knows uh, hydrogen sulfide well. And so I got a call back from a guy, um, who, uh, you know, got my voicemail and said, Hey, I'm one of the instructors and I have, you know, 45 years of experience in this. And so we brought him in, in the really early days and, and it was, um, he started kind of just, he was like, Hey, I'm curious. I'm going to come visit you, turned into a consultant, turned into our first CTO. And so, um, that was incredibly, um, for, for us to be able to understand in terms of process and what we needed to have in terms of materials for customers, but also in terms of the, the market, um, our current CTO, um, I actually found, uh, I was, we were running into a major issue and this is kind of in the weeds, but, mm-hmm. um, we needed a, a surfactant expert. So somebody who understood <laughs> chemistries well, and I started searching on Upwork, um, because at the time it was like, I, I need to find a consultant and, um, found a guy who was, uh, you know, Princeton PhD, uh, specializing in surfactants, uh, and he happened to live in Texas. And so, um, we brought him in, in the early days to solve some major issues with the product. And, um, 
he's been with us since he's since taken the reins of CTO and he's, he's been a, a, a huge part of our story, uh, both in terms of the current, uh, condition of our product and the applications, but also in the innovations group here, you know, that's working towards new products. Um, you know, we've, uh, we realized once we started to scale, um, that, uh, we had a real issue with operations. Um, mm. I had a, a guy who's still with us, who's taken, you know, any role we've asked him to take, uh, um, he's a super team player. Um, but he was running both operations and business development. It was just way too much. And so we said, you know, we really need a guy focused on operations. And, um, and that, um, I think that, you know, I think we, we originally connected around that concept. And I had a guy who was, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of this comes down to relationships. It was a guy who, um, I'd known for years, who's actually now our, our chief commercial officer, mm. uh, who said, Hey, I've got a guy that you should talk to. And, um, I, I think the biggest thing for me on team, one of the things I guess I've realized is, um, we have had to strike a balance. I, you know, I, I would say obviously like a big part of this is bringing in people who are more capable than me. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and so that's a huge part of our story. Um, and, um, and sometimes those people have come with different visions and, and big personalities. And, and so what I've, you know, and still working through and, and every day is mm. to take this team of highly talented people, um, and, um, who have different views and different ways of operating and bringing them together in a way that creates what I would consider that balance of healthy conflict where we can have disagreements and, and argue mm-hmm. about certain things. Um, but ultimately when the decision is made, come together and rally around that. So that's, uh, yeah. that's fascinating. I, I've never, I've, I haven't heard somebody hire somebody from Upwork and then, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then eventually yeah. bring him on as CTO. That's and yeah. it's a, it's obviously a very specific niche that you're looking for, you know, right. in knowledge. Yeah. But uh, that's 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 really cool. Um, it, it does yeah. say something about you uh, and and your executive team. But you as a CEO, it sounds like you were building your team based off of knowledge, technical knowledge, very yeah. specific knowledge, and that's not even. Yep. You weren't even trying to find fit, cultural fit or whatever, but you somehow yeah. were able to manage all those personalities with all those expertise and make them function and row in the same direction. That's pretty yeah. incredible, Dave. Well, you know, and I think um, as we've grown, I think the the this did, it started as, hey, let's figure out who we need for the product. And, and, um, and obviously there had to be some chemistry there, um, but... I have learned, I guess, in, in some ways good and some ways bad, the importance of culture um, mm. when you think about um, how to build a team. I mean, it is culture. I, it maybe sounds cliche, but, you know, culture is everything. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, culture has to move as the company scales. And so there are so many times when, um, you know, culture is um, – there are cultures that fit in the really early stage when you're doing everything you can to get something done. And a lot of the company, because it's small, is running from problem to problem and uh, working really tightly um, to get things solved. 
And then as you scale, you have to, you know, um, allocate out time and resources. Um, people have to understand like what their priorities are and, um, and really divide and conquer and, and be okay with an 80 or 85% solution mm -hmm. rather than perfection. And that's really been the evolution for us is how do you keep a team? You know, we're just under 80 folks right now. Um, and we, you know, we've got five executives, including me. And so how do you keep that team focused, prioritized, working together when there's conflict? You know, how do you work through that? Um, that's very different today than it was even a year ago and certainly two or three years ago. So, yeah, it, you're absolutely right. I'm just reflecting back on my my entrepreneurial journey. You know, the culture when trying to find product market fit, it is to experiment, pivot quickly, you know, fail quickly, pivot, and just do it again, iteration, iteration, right? And so you need people comfortable yep. in that. But if you're trying That's to right. scale, it's it is it is, you know, Pro probably more focused and, and on efficiencies and right. customer intimacy and and getting yep. that in depth knowledge of who you're serving. How are you? How are you fixing their problems? So yeah, that's going to definitely impact the culture. So so yep. you know that being said, with culture being such an emphasis emphasis for your 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 team, how are you currently organized to attract and recruit right the right talent? Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough as a smaller business, you know, you can't offer the types of um, benefits that large companies can. Um, uh, and so, um, you know, I think we have focused on, uh, employee ownership model. Uh, so, you know, that's a big part of a startup's, uh, plan. And obviously we have folks that, that value that heavily and know that, um, going from a larger place where they're maybe more well compensated to, um, a smaller organization where they can have a huge impact and mm. ultimately own a part of the business is um, was critical for us. I think, you know, that spectrum is different for different people and that includes lower level and higher level folks. Um, you know, a lot of our, our team uh, has come from larger organizations, especially in the later stage of our development, larger organizations, they wanted more autonomy. They wanted more, they felt confident in their own abilities to, to execute and so wanted to be able to carve their own path um, and the equity side is, is less important um, but we do have you know there's I guess there's this spectrum right and um, I call it you know missionary and mercenary spectrum right and so there are people that are attracted to streamline because they're like this what we are doing here is where I want to focus the next five ten years of my life is is helping this organization achieve um, its goals, which I deeply believe in, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're, you know, going into these, these heavy in industrial applications where others are not focused and trying to make a real tangible impact on the environment. Um, and then on the other side, you have guys that say, look, I have, you know, a, a pedigree. I've got um, a lot of knowledge and skills. I'm looking to further my career. I think I can take a small organization and add a lot of value quickly to it. Uh, and I want to be compensated for that. Um, and, and, and so ownership is an important part of that as well. So that spectrum, you know, I have people all over that spectrum um, mm. and they come to streamline for different reasons. Um, and um, and so I would say in terms of the individuals, a lot of um, it's funny. I, um, 
this guy named Jason Lemkin that I uh, follow on on uh, LinkedIn. I don't know if you've ever seen his posts, but so many of his things are really relevant. And, uh, you know, there's sort of just there's a certain magic about a startup people are attracted to mm-hmm. and they have to overcome a lot to come into that type of an organization, usually in terms of compensation and benefits and and other things. Um but, um, you know, that's that's been helpful to attract folks because people want to be a part of something that's that's growing and, and they mm-hmm. see opportunity to grow with it. So, yeah, vision, it sounds like you were able to really illustrate and develop that vision and, and unite all of these people and attract all of these people because you were able to clearly say this is where we're going, guys. Right. This is this is. Yeah. When yeah, did you, well, my question is, when did you, like, obviously it's a startup, it's a new product. When did you figure out that this is the vision? Like, when were you able yeah, to realize that? And, and, and that's a really, what is it? Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a really good question, Freddie, because I came from start, you know, I had several startups that I had experienced with before mm-hmm. and I had been in a room where it was a couple of guys, you know, um, pontificating on, you know, uh, a vision that sounded a lot like Google's vision, you know, and, uh, and, and what I realized real quickly was like, man, this is such a waste of time, um, in the early stage because you need to be every moment needs to be focused on the product, how to get traction, where, do, where does my value prop end up? Am I right about the market size? All those things. And a lot of for us, not everybody, but certainly for us, there was a lot of technical hurdles, right? And so we, we had to focus heavily on the engineering and design and chemistry. And so um, I actually pushed off the whole vision and mission of Streamline and our and our what I like to call guiding principles, which um, I can I can send it to you if, if you're interested. But we have some yeah. a, a fairly robust kind of set of guiding principles. Please and, send it um, over. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. By the way. Go yeah, ahead. that's great. That's great. Um, and we went a long time without establishing that. And uh, it was actually our COO who came in, who's very much on the structured side of the story. I mean, he's a process oriented guy and he actually challenged me. He said, look, you're the CEO. You need to cast the vision and, and, and uh, help us um, establish the values. Um, And so we, we, we waited until 2020 to do that. Um, And, Mm. um, and part of that was also, we took a survey and folks were like, what do you know, we, we get the tactical side of this, but strategically, where are we going? And instead, you know, as soon as we went through that as a management team and I sort of uh, refined that list and, and finalized it, um, it, and we've had the market dynamics as far as what investors value, we've kind of fallen into that. We've always been focused on where we've been focused. And then it so happens that folks care a lot more about what we do today than they probably did in 2016. But mm-hmm. um, that rallying set of you know mission, vision, and values has been critical for us. And I'm so glad we did it when we did. Um, uh, so sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't. Um, you know, I've seen teams in the really early stage develop missions and visions that um, I thought added no value um, and, and or the company didn't know what they were gonna be. Um, right. And so for us, now we are, you know, kind of um, have a clear understanding of who we are and we were ready, you know, to, to put that together. So that's that's yeah. that's that's an awesome story, especially uh, because I see it all the time, just ambiguous kind of visions. And, and it's right. just, it, it's like 
it's just words that that sometimes it's like those values you see that's like you know uh perfection <laughs> or yeah, yeah, pursue, yeah, yeah. you know excellence yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're right, like okay right. what is that yeah, yeah. but uh so yeah. where where is streamline innovation be what are you telling your folks what streamline innovation is going to be in in 10 years what is that vision yeah i mean it's um you know i i could see this going a couple different ways i mean uh certainly i think our product is currently focused so we have about 40 of these systems out now across uh, Texas, New Mexico, um, Chicago area, you know, California. We've, we've started to branch out, but there's ample opportunity to take our product and scale it around the world. And mm-hmm. um, and so I think for us, um, it's just it, it would make a lot of sense for, you know, a larger organization to come in and say, man, we could take this to every continent in the next year. Um, and we already have the sales channels and the, and the teams and the operations and, um, and, and add that into their, uh, existing, um, business globally. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to see, I mean, I think for us, um, we're proud of what we built. We've got a long road ahead, um, and, and a lot of, uh, opportunity ahead. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's going to have to be the right fit for, for our team. Um, but it is interesting because certain people, especially at the field level are, you know, our hourly employees who are really the, you know, those guys, I, I joke, like those are the guys who are doing the real work at Streamline, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys who are, are out there every day. And, um, you know, I've had guys say, look, I'm excited to build my career, you know, the end of my career is going to be at Streamline. And, and so there's a lot of pr- uh, pride in that. And, um, and so, uh, you know, we'll just have to see what the future holds. But certainly, when you take outside money, you know, the two big things that happen are the treadmill notches up a couple notches, uh, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes running, my friend, knob, exactly. <laughs> somebody cranks yep. that knob really hard, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, the other thing is, you know, investors that have come in obviously expect to um, be liquid at some point in the future. Right. depending on who you're dealing with. And so um, there is that expectation. So we've had to manage that a little bit with folks who are coming in who've asked, hey, you know, where's the company going to be in three years? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've navigated that some. So, yeah. I, I, we know we've glossed over this, but it fascinates me that such for such a young company, you've adopted the employee stock program. Was that mm-hmm. part of a plan from the beginning or did you guys figure out? Oh, was it? Yeah, I mean, we um, from the very early days, um, you know, my co-founder um, is uh, actually her family has connections to the patented chemistry. And that's how mm. kind of all this came together. But my what I brought was, hey, this is how you build a venture backed company. And part of that is you've got to have, um, you know, equity incentives for uh, every in my view, everybody in the company, because um at least from my experience, um, even down to the field level, those folks, you know, who own a piece of the company treat their day-to-day job differently. They think of it differently. They think of this as, this is partly my company. And so Mm -hmm. when it comes to, can I pick the part that's 25% less to put on, you know, put on the unit and be okay. Or, you know, when I, when I have that extra half an hour in the field, am I going to, am I going to clock it or not in terms of hourly guys? Um, am I, you know, am I going to put in the extra two hours it takes to renegotiate a software license? Um, people think of it more like the, they're owners of the company. And so, right. um, that was important for us. Yeah. This is, this is your third company, right, Dave? 
Yeah. So my real experience in startups, and this is the hard thing, man, startups, even if you go to business school and you take entrepreneurial, <laughs> you know, entrepreneurship <laughs> classes, I mean, uh -huh. you really have to live it to be able yes. to understand it. And uh, it's some, it's something I think just even in the higher level um, education platforms that we don't, we don't get into enough. Um, uh, and maybe there's some, you know, MBA programs that do, um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I know. It's right? like I, MBA I, is I, really not, it's not even, it's irrelevant, <laughs> right? right? To a startup, exactly. I feel. Yeah. Right, right. That's right. I feel like mm. it's a, at least for me, it was like a check the box, but I, I did right. feel like, um, I was in a startup starting in 20, early 2013 and got to see all that unfold. And, and that company has a story unto itself and, um, they're still around and, and, um, but I, you got to live it to know how to operate in it. And, um, and so, um, you know, for me, that's been a big part of this, knowing how to structure things in the early days, mm -hmm. knowing how to talk to investors and sell the vision without, overselling the vision um and then holding yourself accountable to performance which is a tough way to say it um has all been super important for us in terms of growth so awesome um all right you got you got uh you got a little bit of time left so we're gonna wrap this up but i um i, I fascinating story dave thanks for sharing uh right now mm -hmm. do you have any key roles you're hiring for at the moment um, who you're looking for to join your team? Yeah, so we're we're focused right now on sales. So now that we've closed our round, um, we're hiring. Uh, we're going to build out a much more robust sales team. Um, we have some, I'd say, market leaders in terms of um, the renewable natural gas space is big in the U.S. right now, mm -hmm. and it's growing. And so we're looking for the right guy to run that part of the business, that VP level or higher guy. Um, we're we're hiring in a bunch of different types of roles but but um you know the uh i think you i know you mentioned it and and you have it in your materials is you know it's got to be somebody who's capable it's got to be somebody who knows the market but it also has to be somebody who is not prideful um mm -hmm. is a team player um and you know and and uh somebody who wants to uh, be constructive but also knows that you know uh, they're they're a part of a team and and um and their contribution is just that it's a part of a team and so um yeah so that's a critical role that we're looking at and i think you and i talked about that and i mm -hmm. uh the um i think there'll be several others if we you know get a year down the road from from where we are today we're yeah. going to end up hiring um folks that focus on the international side of the business um and and that'll be a whole nother challenge um so we've got a bunch of different positions. I feel like over the next several years, that'll be those kind of critical hires in new markets for the company. That's, so. that's, that's awesome, Dave. Um, anything last minute that you have for people who are building their own businesses now? Man, I, uh, I would say, um, you know, <laughs> I think every day is a challenge, um, but it's incredibly <laughs> rewarding. I would say, you know, uh, even for us, I mean, we've had great success, but, um, uh, man, we have had some big challenges. And so, um, you know, keep up the good fight, uh, and, uh, and know that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're instilling in your teams, um, 
you know, oftentimes even in the failures, right. Um, you're, you're giving your teams these, these great, uh, moments of learning, uh, learning how to work together as a team. And, and so, you know, find value in that. I think sometimes it's, it's easy to focus on the struggles. Um, but, uh, but even in the struggles, people are really growing and learning and becoming better and take pride in that. And, um, yeah. And so, um, I, I would quit. say if anybody don't quit, right? Yeah. Don't quit. That's right. Don't Do quit. quit under any circumstances and, and, so, and surround um, yourself with great talent, with great people. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I love it. I love it when we talk talent together. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> Dave. Thank you very much. Right, and yep. to our listeners, Thank thanks you. for tuning in. Want to subs- I want to ask you to subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes. Head on over to millspectalent.com. Check out Streamline Innovations. And if you join, if you enjoyed the episode, please uh, share with other folks in your network. Until next time, go find your A-team.